The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to what is going to be quite an entertaining show. I am Vince Russo, bro, and I am now the uh, proprietor of the Realm Network. And finally, thank God, we are going to be able to move off of a dead industry called professional wrestling, and we are going to be able to move into subjects that excite me, subjects that have always been a part of my life. And one thing that has always been a huge part of my life uh, is comedy, guys. I've always been a comedy mark. I've always loved comedians. I always loved the craft and the artistry of comedy. And I knew when we were branching out this realm network, there was going to be a comedy arm because I love comedy. I love comedians. And not only that, but with the cancel culture bullshit, I, I, I sit here and I think as a creative person and a writer, what the fuck do these comedians do now? I can't imagine being a comedian and sitting down in 2020 and you're writing new material and everything you're writing, you know, is going to insult somebody because that's what comedy is. It is lighthearted. It is funny. It is not mean spirited. Don Rickles was not mean spirited. Red Fox was not mean spirited. It's comedy. It's to make people laugh. And you know what? Everybody is going to get offended by something. And that's why the Realm Network was important to me, bro, because that's why we are behind a paywall. We are subscription based. We don't pretend, uh, we don't depend on advertisers and sponsors because we want the freedom of speech. Nobody's going to dictate to us what to say. Nobody's going to dictate to us how to make people laugh. Comedians are artists. They've been doing this for a long time and we miss True, honest comedy. We don't want politically correct comedy. And that's why I knew there was going to be a comedy arm, and I knew I was going to go after some guys that really made me laugh. And guys that that I knew, these guys can't be inhibited, man. These guys got to be able to say whatever they want to say, and this is the place for them to do that. Now, if you guys follow me, man, you know I've been uh, – I, I followed the Stern show, show since 1983, bro. That's when I first discovered it. Obviously, bro, it's not the same show it is today. Um, <laughs> it's not the same show it is today. Now, I understand people get older, and yes, Howard has gotten older. Vince Russo has gotten older. But um, it's not just that. I thought it was just that, but it's not just that. You know, guys, I think Howard has become politically correct. And uh, all the things that were funny on his show, one by one, they started to disappear because they're not politically correct. And 
all of a sudden, bro, I'm 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 not seeing guys that I thought were the best part of the show. And I miss them. And that's why when I was thinking of putting the Realm Network together in this comedy channel, I was thinking of these two guys first. Bro, these guys are legends, man. I'm telling you, these guys are absolute legends. These guys are going to be able to be free and be themselves. And I am talking about two people, the uh, great Reverend Bob Levy and the great... The great Shuley, gentlemen. Yeah. There we are. Look at this. Look at this. This is going to be amazing. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Can you believe it? We're with Vince fucking Russo. I mean. No, I'm not. You're not with Vince Russo. I'm with you. And these guys already had me cracking up before we even got on the air. Now, Shuli, I listen, Bob joined me first because, of course, you were late for the dance. And Bob explained, hey, bro, when you're a stoner, it's okay to be late. You don't know what's going on. So we made an excuse for you, Shuli. Yeah, we basically said that this is going to happen. This ain't going to be the first time it's going to happen. It happens. That's what happened. That's the great thing about weed. (laughs) <laughs> well, and here's the beautiful part is, are we really late? Because the comedy doesn't start till we show up. So, I mean, you know, I, I happen to think we're right on time. And Levy clearly was doing some spackling around the house. outfit. That's what I wanted to bring up. Uh, yeah. I loved Bob's hat. I put Bob's yeah. hat over. And immediately when you come on on here and you join us, you start with the hat, bro. Exactly. exactly. That is how that is how we profess love to each other as yeah. comics. We find something either on that person or something they've said. Yeah. We exploit it. We goof on it. We make the person feel about this big. And that's <laughs> our way of saying I love you, man. It's good to see you. Well, it is. Listen, uh, Bob, I know both of you guys are wrestling fans. So, Bob, you now owe Shuli a receipt. So would you like to tell Shuli how you love him? Is there something you'd like to point out about what's going on in uh, Shuli's home at the moment? Well, I mean, look, look, how can you not love that? Look at look at the way he's dressed. I mean, homeless people actually dress like that in Philadelphia. I drive my wife to work because she got a job and somehow um, it's my job, too. But I I see them. People like looking like Shuli come up to my window and I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward and they come up to the fucking window and then all of a sudden they're ready to knock and I have to turn over and look at them. And I'm like, I don't have any money. And they're like, I I see change in 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 over there. And I'm like, all right, all right. It's just like, that's what Shuli looks like. But, but other than that, I love the guy. The guy's fucking funny. He understands me. Not many people can work with me. I'm telling you that right now. He understands. He knows how to move me, how to find stuff, how to fucking take apart my story, which I'll just change to the other direction and say I didn't say it. You know, so it works perfectly. Yeah, he would. He would make a great politician. I've I have yet yeah. to see someone flip flop uh, like like <laughs> Levy. I mean, he will come out of the gate so passionate against mm-hmm. whatever I've brought up, and then within a minute, he's now arguing the opposite point against himself, which is, it's a gift, really. I've never seen anybody do it. So. Well, you know, Shuli, I, I, I do have to point something out, because my wife is always all over me because of my attire, because sure. 
Yeah, I don't like short sleeves. I don't yeah. like wearing shorts. So I'm always wearing jeans and long sleeves. Right. Julie, that's why now she's rubbed off on me because I got to say, and Bob brought it up, bro, I know you're in Alabama not now. Yeah. It's got to be 115 degrees and humid, and you're sitting there in a sweatshirt, bro. So I, I got a question that, Julie. Yeah, here's the beauty part of my life right now is um, (laughs) number one, it's quiet where I'm at. And number two, it's cold cold where I'm at because I have central air conditioning (laughs) like a normal fucking human being. I don't have a goddamn lawnmower engine sticking out of my fucking window. So every time I want to turn the air on... It's like a fucking construction zone, and so my house—it's a fucking—it's a freezer. It's a are you, are you insinuating that's how Mister Levy uh, is living right now? That's what I'm taking away from this. No, yeah, Levy, 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 I think has a house. I don't know. He might be in rehab right now. For all I know, <laughs> they put but, me in a room and let me yeah. do shit. <laughs> they give him a weed hat in his own yeah. room. <laughs> But I mean, I I couldn't tell you uh, the joy of of quiet air conditioning oh, yeah. uh, that I have in my life right now, and and yeah, I mean, outside it's like a swamp, you know, it's the bayou. But I'm not going outside. No, no don't go out there. My wife says to me, you know, what she says to me, she goes, "You go into the store, you have sweatpants on." I go, yeah. "You're lucky I have underwear on. I have my dick swinging all over this fucking thing with a ye- little yellow piss stain on the front. I'm old." It's okay. They're it's not going to fucking call I, the cops. I went to walk my dog the other day, and I had a wife beater on, and she goes, put a shirt on. Don't go out in the wife beater. I go, I get the, these people next to us, they're buying Twinkies cereal. I go, what, what am I dressing up for? Exactly. You know, Shuli, I've got to ask you this, bro. I have to ask you this, and I know I am going to open up a Pandora's box to probably an hour and a half of straight stand-up. Shuli, <laughs> you got to understand, and I know you know I was an East Coast guy. So now I had to move to Atlanta for WCW. And the first thing is, and I heard you talk about this somewhere else. The first thing is, bro, you start looking for houses and holy shit, I could buy a mansion. Yeah. For, like you start see, that's the first thing you see. Yes. And then all of a sudden, Julie, we go from the East Coast, in my case, Atlanta, in your case, Alabama, Surely, I know, bro, because I I was there literally for three days, mm-hmm. and I was like, "What the fuck? Like, wait, wait a minute, wait, what, what, what is this? What is yeah. happening here, man? What that's what has that transition been like, bro? Well, you know, first of all, don't ever dare me to do something, fuckers, <laughs> because that's why I'm here. You double dog dare me, I'll show up. Um, no, I'm I'm uh, buddies, and you know this gentleman, Conrad Thompson. Right. I'm good friends right. with Conrad. Right. He's he's uh, a genius businessman, a great mortgage guy, yep. and he's been talking to me for years about just getting property in Huntsville just because of the real estate booming, mm-hmm. right? So I never had any thoughts of uh, – I didn't know anything about Huntsville, the South. I don't play much in the South. Like it's just not a, a known thing. And for, here we for are. Jews, yeah. Right. Jews. Well, yeah, especially. <laughs> so, which, by the way, when we moved out here, my wife goes, you know, there's a synagogue a half a mile away. And I go, oh, you mean a trap? 
but uh it's like a jewish roach motel like i go in there i'm not coming out of that fucking thing so honey there's nobody in here there's nobody what what this corner keeps rolling away when i try to pick it up (laughs) they got us boom cage drops that so uh so yeah so we're we're locked down at home in a two-bedroom apartment in the story of queens the neighborhood is turning to shit literally uh everything's going um backwards and 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 i have two two young girls uh not my kids i just keep them uh, <laughs> no i have i have an 11 and a 6 year old and i'm just like looking at my family and i'm going why the fuck are they growing up in this like this yeah. is not ideal is huntsville alabama the best place we could have picked i don't know but i can tell you that when we came here to visit it was a completely different vibe from where we had come from. The 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 tempo, the pace, the rhythm, everything completely changed. And after 15 years of running at that speed, and yeah. and you know this better than anybody, Vince, putting your your job or your career before your family, before what should be number one. Yep. Uh, that was that was what I was running for 15 years. Yep. And and I'm not saying anybody forced me to do that. I was hungry and I wanted to be yeah. the best at my job. Yep. But that pandemic, the world stopping, uh, mm-hmm. made me reconnect with these three people. And uh, and now I'm gay. No, yeah. I mean, and now I love them. Pretty and, much. And it's, yeah. Awesome. But, but that was it. That was it. My parents did the same thing. I was born in Israel, right? I'm, wow. I'm, my parents are immigrants. Uh, they, the, my uncle, who I'm named after, was killed in the Six Day War. My mom and dad had three boys, and they said at that point, these guys aren't going into the military. They had a hunch things wouldn't die down. Uh, anytime soon in the Middle East. So they said, I don't want my kids going. And they picked us up and they brought all they had to their name, which was like 20 or 30 grand. And they flew to fucking United States to Los Angeles and they made a life for us. They, they uprooted everything. So, uh, so we could have a chance, a better life. And so for me, Yeah, and here I am all these years later. I have a chance to do that for my kids. I have a ton more resources. I know the language. My parents didn't. So it's like, boom, this is a no-brainer for me. And And the uh, great thing is, the great part of that is you'll you'll never know what it's like to get hit by a rock. That's right. That's right. That's right. I don't have to hear, you know, I don't have to hear that. Unless I'm getting a hot dog on 49 and 6. Hey, uh, you know, Bob, I want to ask you a question because, bro, I'm telling you, I, I did not make this up for the intro. Uh-huh. I I constantly, as a writer, I am sitting here in this horrible, disgusting, cancel culture world we live in in 2021. And I... Bro, I love comedians. I, I've got a heart for comedians. I can't tell you how many times in my mind I'm like, how are these guys writing content today? How are they coming up with stand-up? How, how can – I swear to God, Bob, I get the vision of guys like you and Shuley sitting there writing out an act. Nope, mm-hmm. that's going to offend this one. Nope, cross that out. That, Bro, how much yeah. has comedy – change for you bob and my god bro it's it's got to be killing people like you and shuli now i tell you the truth it hasn't changed one 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 little part to what i write what i do on stage 
You know, I've been out for four years since the accident, but I'm back now and nothing has changed. I'm fucking, I'm probably being more ferocious now. People are loving it. It's going to hit big and, and by, I guarantee by next March, huge, huge big, where people are going to want to see this again. You're also, I, you're also asking a guy, uh, how, what, you know, mm-hmm. he, how he's cleaned up his act around cancel. This is the same guy that was mm-hmm. asked to send in a tape for Letterman and uh, opened with a cunt joke and then writes on the uh, tape, can be cleaned up for TV. <laughs> yeah. So, I, mean, I mean, if they knew what they were doing, they would understand what I was saying. You know, it, it's really fucking easy. But there's no worrying about that shit. You know, I, I go up there. To do comedy. Comedy is funny. Uh, if, if it's funny, people are going to laugh, you know? If somebody gets upset, like you were saying right now in those jokes, and going, nope, going, nope, I'm doing that first. So I, well, I want to see also, somebody get upset. Not for nothing, but we've been, you know, pushing the edge of the envelope and, and, and pushing mm-hmm. buttons for years. Long before cancel culture, yeah. we had people that would get offended at shows. And, you know, I remember a friend of mine wanting to come to one of the old killers of comedy yeah. shows years ago. He goes, Hey, I want to come a friend of mine. He goes, I want to come see your show, but my, my mom wants to come with me. Are you cool with that? And I wrote him back. Are you cool with that? Yeah. dude? Because <laughs> nobody's changing fucking thing on this show for your mom. Yeah, and and one of us are probably going to try to bang her. <laughs> yeah, I mean that is a fact. So you know, it'll probably be Beetlejuice. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> oh, but yeah, like you can't you can't give in. You can't buckle you because can't. once once you start apologizing, oh, you're done. Man. They own you. They own yeah. you. That, they're in their pocket. Julie, that's the, that's no. the thing that's killing it for me. Mm-hmm. The, freaking apologies the uh, bro the other uh, about a month ago bro billy eilish was apologizing for something she said as a 13 year old kid what the freak do you know what you're saying bro it, the apology is is worse is it, 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 a million times worse it's a million yeah. times worse I, I living in new york and, and doing stand-up there mm-hmm. i would uh, occasionally see uh, tracy morgan go in and do spots right and tracy was uh, even when he had his own show, Tracy is the only comic I knew in New York that they put up a note right before the, you walk into a show saying, hey, you're going to hear some wild shit. Uh, you can't be a fit like a disclaimer. I love that. I love and that's that. Great. And that's great. Yeah. But yet here we are, you know, a, a few months after that, somebody's now pissed off at Tracy Morgan because he's on stage trying to work out a bit that isn't worked out yet. He's riffing. He's, he's yeah. just trying to, you know, take this raw piece of clay and make something out of it. And, and he, mind you, he's on stage at a comedy club. He's yeah. not, he's, <laughs> he's not at a podium asking for you to vote for him or telling you this is how he feels. He's at yeah. a comedy club and right. people go, Oh, I'm offended. And now this fucking, this, this wild, stallion that can't be untamed is now going on an apology tour and you're like now 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 he becomes a petting zoo pony uh, that's what they yeah. want from all of us no and i mean bob i noticed that too like bro like seth rogan is gonna apologize for all the movies he made 10 years ago i mean bro. well yeah for most of them he should have <laughs> yeah and, and listen i won't apologize so send me the fucking royalty checks if you're so disgusted by your shit dude. Uh, 
Well, bro, there's, there's going to be no apologies on the BS show, and that's why Bob uh, Bob so named it the BS show. Bro, Bro, there's going to be no apologies, guys. You don't like it, don't subscribe, unsubscribe, whatever you got to do, because I'm going to tell you right now, I am not stay, standing in the way of the creative genius of these two guys, man. That's that's one of the biggest things that that attracted us to doing this is uh, well number one for me as a, as a fan of yours throughout the years and you know I mean your story is uh, is amazing like you yeah. you talk about taking a, an opportunity and running with it uh, mm-hmm. I mean yeah. Vince Vince was writing for the fucking magazine for the WWE magazine right and yeah. and. All of a sudden, this guy was given one crack in the door, one little slot, and revolutionized wrestling. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. The biggest money-making time in wrestling was when you were writing that shit, dude, and that's a fact. I appreciate that, but we're here to talk about you guys. No, but I mean, what got me a little bit? Yeah, but Jesus Christ, that's true. And the other reason, uh, you know, when Julie said that to me off the air, and I said. You know, you put that together and the free porn you're giving us, we're in. <laughs> yeah, you man, know? for sure. Well, I, I, I want to say something because I do want to talk, talk about Stern for a second. I sure. want to make one thing perfectly clear, guys. Which Stern? I have to make this clear. <laughs> Listen, my, my audience knows, like, Stern, the Stern show has, uh, you know, been brought up a lot, bro. Listen, I started watching in 83. I Ooh. fell in love with comedy when I started. I, I, I mean, radio. When I started listening to that show and truly, bro, I did. I, I never wanted to get in the wrestling business. I wanted to be on radio. I loved radio. So there, there's, you know, it has been documented over the years, but I do want to make one thing clear. And then I want to ask you a couple of questions. Um, bro, the fact that you guys were on the Stern show had no reason or bearing whatsoever of why I wanted you on this show. I fell in love with you guys on this show. And, guys, I got to tell you, man, I am a firm believer of taking care of my people. If I make money, you're going to make money, bro. And I really, I really take care of my people and make everybody happy. That's the way I've always been. I'm very thankful for when people help bring me to the next level. Guys, I I just got to tell you, in both instances here, there were shades when I would watch the Stern Show. And as somebody who was a business owner and depended on a lot of other people, there, there were times when I would watch the show and I would say, like, really, bro? Like, you're not doing the right thing. And I'll tell you the two things that stand out in my mind. Bob, I'll, I'll never forget the show with you, bro, when you were legitimately pissed off because you wanted to go on there for some plugs. Now, you, know, you, you, are, you are appearing on the show a lot. You are a big part of the show. You are funny on the show. You are definitely adding to the show. So, like, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm watching this and I'm like, dude, you can't freaking plug the guy's comedy act. Like, that's going to kill you. Was but there was I- a reason why I did that, too. There was like, okay, th- I remember this story. A lot of stories, like, I won't remember from the accident but like 
I remember You're Julie. Cocaine an accident? <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, I just called drug use an accident. I love yeah. it. You did uh, cocaine uh, accidentally twenty nine <laughs> times <laughs> before the show. Uh, uh, what were we talking about? Okay, okay, I got it. I got yeah. it. Okay, I remember that. Uh, uh, I remember Shuli was having a baby. And he goes, he goes, yeah, man, I got to start making more money. You know what I mean? And it, it, it made sense. It's, it's what a responsible fucking father would say. Right. And I was like, all right, well, uh, let's get, let's see if I can get on. You know what I mean? And I knew I was on recently, but I'm there. What the fuck? You know? And then I asked and uh, then it was like, oh, you were just on or something like that. And I go, put Julie on. They're like, oh, now you're telling me what to do. You know what I mean? It's like arguing. With, you're not arguing with Howard. You're arguing right. over with people that have no sense of humor, you know? Right. So it, it, it's kind of weird. Not only that, you have to factor in, you know, these guys are getting uh, a regular salary, and, right. and Bob's income uh, kind of hinges on right. the help that is from in the show by letting us promote. You know, when, when yeah. Bob went on there, he always had an agenda. He always had something he brought to the table. Mm-hmm. So he's doing his part. Yeah. He's saying, hey, help me out and and – Throw a plug or throw Shuli on there, yeah. which isn't that crazy of an ask. It, I it, think. it isn't. It, to me, it's not. It's like you know, just do us a little favor here, and you know, we do do stuff, and you know, it's a team. We're supposed to be, you know, you're supposed to be equal as a team. It doesn't matter who's on it, otherwise, it gets like that. You know. Oh, yeah. one hand, one hand washes the other. I, I mean, that that's how it works. And and Shuli, I saw something very similar with you. And obviously, I don't have the behind the scenes facts, but yeah. bro, you guys were cleaning up with those block parties, and it, it seemed like you guys were selling out and making mm-hmm. a lot of money. And then all of a sudden, did he put the kibosh on it? Yeah, well, you know, so management, this new management comes in and uh, kind of start running things for him. And they and they kind of, you know, they're efficiency experts, right? They're trimming the fat. They're getting rid of the waste. Wow. They're, they're streamlining everything to funnel into one thing, and that is him. And that's his world. That's his show. And I got no beef with that. Right. You know, there you've listened for years, and you talk about, you know, he talks about how he feels – uh, chained to these guys because now he's like, uh, I, if I leave, what is uh, JD going to do? Right. What is Shuli right. going to do if I leave? They can't right. possibly have any skill or ability to do anything else. So here we are marketing a tour. So we have a secondary source of income. Right. Is this something we can continue if the show ends? I don't know. But just in case, right. we're doing right. something else, right? Which I kind of looked at as a positive. Number two, I took it very seriously when I would go on the road about being an ambassador to the show. The reason why I roomed with Beetlejuice for all those years is because I didn't want anything bad happening on our watch. I didn't want us missing flights back to New York and missing a show day because then all the plugs go away, all the help goes away, and we fucked up. And so none of that happened. Uh, What happened was it got big. And yeah. and this guy, Ronnie, went from, you know, just being his limo driver and coming on the air and and doing bits based on what Howard wants to do with him um, to now kind of being a, a star 
outside outside of his grasp, his control. And I don't think he liked that very much. And he was also at that time wow. very worried about, uh, you know, his image in the press. And God forbid if something should happen on one of these block party tours, uh, my name's going to be in the press. And it's like, well, I mean, if Beetlejuice dies 30 years from now of, you know, right. cancer, your name's going to be in the yeah. press. You're, you're attached. We're attached. This is yeah. the toothpaste is out of the tube. And and he was and he was uh, very smart about it. He basically was like, look, you guys can continue to do this. I got no problem with that, but I can't talk about it and I can't. I can't have promotion for it on my channels. Wow. And, and we were rolling so big at that time. We were like, that's fine. We got social media. We'll keep, but he knew exactly if he didn't give it air, it's going to die. And it yeah. did. And, and it left uh, thousands and thousands of dollars off the table. It took off. I just moved from a cheaper place to live to a more expensive place that was closer to the show. Yeah. And all that income was now gone. And, and so it was a really and and Ronnie took it personally. Like Ronnie was like, "This guy just doesn't want me happy at that time." And uh, and yeah, I, I, it, it was a bummer. It was a real bummer. But it was you know, it was the beginning of a lot of new things over there. Yeah. And this is when, uh, like you said, the new company came in. Is was it a woman? This yeah. That, okay. Yeah. That's when I that's what I heard about <laughs> that. It was a tough time when she came. Yeah, but you don't have any problem with women, right? You love women. No, I, I, I fucking marry them, ruin their lives, and well, fucking find another one. You, you, <laughs> the fuck do you, you think I do? You guys have to know, bro. Listen, I have to say this, and you guys have to know this, and, and I would have to believe um, that you guys are well aware of this. Listen, bro, when you were a, a listener uh, like me for 30 years, whatever the hell it was, bro, the cast around Howard – became the characters just like me writing a wrestling show yeah you guys became the characters bro i was a daily listener for the characters yeah bro the night the big interviews were nice the mccartney interview and you know whoever he brought on those but that's not why i listened to him it were the characters surrounding him and surround and you guys were a huge part and i'm telling you man when the characters started dropping off bro this is not the same show well, I mean, look, it's just shades of, uh, uh, you know, wrestling, which is right. like here yeah. we had a guy who all he did was put us over, man. We would come right. back from from a block party gig or killers, a comedy gig, yeah. and he would have Howard TV footage ready to go. We'd have audio from me ready to go. And we would do an hour, an hour and a half of just content based yeah. on the weekend we had the stories rooming with beetle we had the tv the tv would come tv we had a whole show the on the road with the killers of comedy it was all behind the scenes shit and we went from this guy putting us over every single day yeah. to essentially burying us which was like hey we're not going to talk about it anymore and this is this is what i want to do and there were there were a lot of you know edicts that went around at different times of like too much whack pack i want to stay away from want to focus on the guests and it would be too many guests i want to focus back on the staff and the whack so it was like uh, i you know i still I'll don't know if they I know what they want surely i swear to god man when i hear you talk like that bro you're talking about vince mcmahon and and what it really comes down to at the end of the day is a control freak 
uh, somebody that wants to control everything. And the thing with the show with you guys was, and we're going to do that here. You guys are going to do that here on the BS. Bro, come on. You guys know there's nothing better than letting things happen organically. Exactly. Just it's the thing it. I miss the most. It's Holy the thing shit, I miss the bro. most with with pandemic, with all of us working from home. Mm-hmm. It's really what, you know, I wasn't happy for the last few years at least. Um, but I, I didn't have the balls or the the just the feeling that this is the time to do it the less and less organic that that show got and yeah, the the tougher it was for me to be a part of it because that is why I fell in love with it. That is why I fell Mm -hmm. in love with, with Carson when a bit would go bad, he'd just start goofing (laughs) on the bit. Like that, that that to me was everything was everything. Yep. Well, the energy and the energy there, by the way, when something happens organically and everybody can just fucking start chiming in and, I mean, the energy, the buzz in the office is the just, attack, the attack. When you're in great. there and people just pile in one at a time. Remember the show I was on? It was the longest one on Sirius because yeah, everybody America's kept most com- wanted. I remember yeah. that show. Yeah. <laughs> no, everybody kept coming in and piling on me and just fucking go. I go, boom, there goes fucking 10 more tickets for fucking Friday night. And we just kept going and I was fucking pissed. They yeah. got me a hotel down the room, uh, down, down the road, down the road. And, uh, they, Tim Sabian called up and he goes, are you okay now? Uh, you know, you want to come back? And it was fucking, it's real. It was real. I always gave real emotion because that's all I know. I don't that's have why to be- those first five years at Sirius will right. never be matched because that was that, that the comparison. You guys know you're both wrestling. For, bro, that was the attitude era. Yes. We didn't write that shit out weeks in it. It was organic. Bro, whatever happened this week, however the audience reacted, we're playing off of that next week. Yeah. And bro, when you go from that to scripted, holy shit, you lose the magic. Bro, I, I, I the only, bro, I cancel my serious subscription. It, it, it's not, bro, you know what made me cancel my subscription? You guys want to know? You guys were for this. This really pissed me off. And bro, after subscribing to Sirius for 30 years, whatever the hell it was, I, I canceled. Bro, when freaking uh, uh, Ralph started getting on uh, 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 Ronnie about who he was voting for mm. and basically said, bro, if you don't vote for who I want you to vote for, well, not only are we not friends anymore, but you're a racist, you're a homophobe. Bro, at that point, I said, bro, fuck you, man. I'm listening to your show, and no, bro, I'm not going to vote for who you want me to, and Oh, so now I'm a homophobe and a racist. Well, you know what, bro? You, you don't want a kind of person like me listening to your show. And that's that's when I freaking canceled that. You know, it's funny you say that, Vince, because that for me was probably the last straw. It really, really bugged me. Um, you know, I, I was happy in every part of my life except work. That was the only thing that was ca- giving me agita. Right. And that sucks. That's a and lot that of your sucks. time. That sucks, right? And so it, it made it hard getting up every morning, it made it hard giving a shit. And now I'm watching this guy, Ronnie, who I've known for almost 20 years now. And let me tell you something. Out of every single person there on that show, there is if, if it's 3 a.m. and you're in trouble, there is only one number I would call. 
And that is Ronnie fucking Munn. Because really? that guy, no matter what's going on, if he can help, will stop whatever's happening and will give 110% to help you. He is one of the most loyal uh, friends that, that I've had in show business. Wow, that's good. Over the past 20 years. And so... To, to watch this guy that we all know, everybody there fucking knows. And now you're going to throw labels on this motherfucker like he's a Nazi, like he's a fucking. And, like- and Julie, the, the thing that was worse than that was not only that freaking Howard sat there and said nothing. Let it happen. He that let, he was, let him. Yeah. Bro, that to me was I was like, bro, this guy who's been loyal to you forgot you're going to sit there and say nothing, bro. I cancel my subscription the next day. Wow. It's it. It really pissed me off. I had conversations with Ronnie off the air about it because I I really felt bad for him. I know how much he loves that show. I know how much he loves Howard. He would he would jump in front of a bullet uh, as long as it was a really tiny person shooting it, so he could actually stop it. <laughs> he, he would shoot at himself. Yeah, he would, yeah. He'd need a midget on a on jumping off a curb. Yeah. Uh, you, you, go ahead, Shirley. Go ahead. No, I just it, it's so funny you brought that up because for me, and I remember talking to my wife about it, and I'm like. And I was legit hurt and I, and I was, I felt bad for him. And I was just like, that's fucked up what they're doing to this guy. Right. And that's how the listeners felt because you guys were family. Now, now we're doing this to a member of the family and the Godfather is sitting there saying nothing. And who gives a fuck at the end of the day? Like who, who gives a shit who you're voting for? Right. We're in this fucking, we're in this lifeboat that just, just like got off the Titanic. Focus on fucking surviving, dude. Focus on that shit. And that's why the whole country's like that. The whole country, it's like the show. It's like how people, you know, start going after each other. It's ironic that, you know, there was no shortage of Trump bits. But you never heard one Biden bit. You never heard one bit about him being forgetful or, or any of that. Yeah, and, you, know, you know, he did. The other day, he forgot to put the chocolate chips on his ice cream. I seen the video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying Howard never never went in on him for anything. They never no. goofed on him. They had, they had a dog in the fight. They had a horse in the race. And much like, you know, social media banning certain things, yeah. they just were not in the business of of possibly damaging the reputation of uh, anyone who could beat Trump. But, but, hey, listen but, to this. Listen to this. L- look at our side. Look, the way that we like to live, the way that we think. You know what I mean? Can you imagine living the other way? You know what I mean? And just right. being upset by it. I go out there and, like, you know, with my sweatpants on, my dick swinging back and forth. I don't give a fuck. I'm having a good time. If I want to go, I'm going to go fucking have a good time tonight. I'm going to go out. These people just want to be miserable. They You're only right. want to be miserable. And it's fucking amazing. It's like, that's why everybody should smoke weed. And I'm going to say that. <laughs> that's going to be Bob's editorial every week on the show. I, I was just yeah. I, I was just going to ask you, Shuli, do I need to get used to him bringing his dick into everything? Because yeah, pretty he much. even joined us, bro. There was a, at least five to six dick mentions. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it was balls. It's, it's, <laughs> listen. <laughs> I've seen it. He, you know, it's, I mean, he, he should open and close with it. It's probably his best feature that's still working for him. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've seen the windmill. It's yeah. a legendary. 
Harry. Oh, the windmill. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, no, it would clear out uh, rooms. So a lot of times the fans, <laughs> the fans would, would want to stay back there when the show was starting. And one and time our, he was doing, one yeah. time he was doing the windmill, and uh, and an Asian tourist couple shot a golf ball at it. They thought they were miniature <laughs> yeah. golf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to I used to spin it around to get him out because Artie would be like, oh, "These people are still here," and then I spin it around, and then you hear like a little screaming or whatever they do. People when they see somebody's dick in the back room, and they run and you away. Talk about me too movement. This guy would yeah. instead of asking people to leave the green room, he would come out and spin his dick in a helicopter yeah. motion, <laughs> and people would clear the room like we just dropped an anthrax pill in the fucking thing. Yeah, and Artie goes, he goes, look, I, I, I appreciate you got rid of the people, but Bob, you can't take your fucking dick out in public, <laughs> right? You can't take it, and he's fucking going off about it. I go, you wanted them out of it. He goes, you don't understand. You just don't get it. You don't fucking get it, Bob. I mean, listen, and, and Artie's high on heroin at the time going, Bob, you don't get it. You're not using oh, your head. So, I mean, you're, you're not you when you're sober. Oh, uh, shit. Well, <laughs> Listen, I just want to say, like, as a fan of uh, of wrestling, when it was wrestling, um, you know, it's an honor to uh, to work with you and to be part of your network. Uh, yeah. I know, you know, I listen to all kinds of different wrestling shit, and I hear people talking shit here and there about you. Um, here's one thing I know about you, and that is you're, you're passionate and you love something, and you hustled and grinded for a chance to make money doing what you love. So few people get to do that. And I know how passionate you have been on uh, about the Stern show. Uh, the only reason people have ever seen Whack Packers in a wrestling ring on no. any major promotion is because of Vince. Nobody, nobody was in a meeting before. Oh. You know, Pat Patterson isn't there going, get me Fred the Elephant Boy. You know, he ain't asking... You, you guys are going to appreciate this story, bro, because I'm telling you, this broke my heart. It literally broke my heart. Bro, one of the people that I absolutely loved because he wasn't a, you know, bro, the wrestlers are a certain kind of animal. This was a real human being, and I loved him, and it was it was Paul Barra. Uh, Lo loved him as a man. Lo genius. Genius. So, bro, it's a Monday Night Raw and we're at the gorilla position, and we're getting ready for the next sub segment. And bro, one by one, here comes Hank. Here comes Crackhead. Here comes uh, uh, High Pitch. Here comes Elephant Boy. All of them marching out for Hank was alive then, marching out yeah. for the segment. And bro, serious as a heart attack. <laughs> Paul Bearer looks over me because he knows. This idiot's the only one that came up with this shit. Bro, he looked at me serious as a heart attack and said, you just killed the wrestling business. <laughs> well, I'm like, no, no, bro. Their ratings, their ratings. Trust me, their ratings. But, uh, <laughs> fuck, my heart, man. Fuck, my heart. That's I the greatest got, line ever. Holy shit. Oh, shit. I got a great. Uh, so, you know, we, we brought the Iron Sheik on tour oh, with yeah. us for a while. God, bro. And, uh, I mean, you, you talk about fitting right into the whack pack mold. I mean, he, he was something else. And, and yeah. him and I 
connected and, and we had a special bond uh, because I, I always brought weed with me. So yeah. every time I would show up, I'd walk it. He'd be in the lobby of the hotel. I just got off the plane. I'm, I'm wheeling my bag. Surely, baby, bring medicine. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, medicine. Yeah. yeah. And I go, yes, Sheik. Excellent. You know, you'd sit there and twiddle. Stuff. But I remember the coolest thing was <clears throat> we would. So we'd have a show Friday night, Saturday morning, afternoon. We all wake up. We, we meet up at the diner, right? Or wherever the fuck's attached to the hotel. And here we are sitting around the chic. It's me, Bob, uh, Jim Florentine, Sal, Richard, Beetle, the Iron Sheik. I mean, this looks like, you know, the smallest <laughs> yellow bus crew you've ever seen, right? <laughs> We we would all board first if we were at a game waiting to get on a plane. Let me just put it that way. So we're sitting there and we all we all turn into fucking twelve year old kids again, right? Because we have the sheik in front right, of us. Right, right. And and all we know is old wrestling. So we so we're just asking him wrestling questions, right? right, right. And it was great. And so I remember this one this one weekend, you'll remember this, Bob. I go to Sheik, I go, uh Sheik. Who was the biggest pecker checker in the locker room? <laughs> and he looks at me and he and without missing a beat, he didn't even have to think about it. He goes, Pat Patterson. <laughs> and this was before Pat came out publicly. Right. I, go, I go, really? Pat Patterson? He goes, number one. He was so great on stage. Remember in Pittsburgh, we're on stage with him. He's going off. The place is going fucking crazy. He's screaming. He just goes, Mr. Bob, you you show me what to do. I go from there. You just guide it. And I'm like, okay. He goes, okay. And then we go out there and he's fucking killing with the Hogan shit and fucking all this shit. <laughs> All of a sudden, somebody in the audience grabs his leg. You remember that, Julie? And yeah, fucking well, he was shaking. Him. He was shaking people's hands. We had yeah. just closed the show, and some guy was shaking his hand oh, and, and fucking no. yanked him. Yanked uh -oh. him. Uh oh. And he was on one leg back then. Like he could barely work his other foot, and yeah. he fucking he went down. But let me tell you something. That dude. You remember the night him and Beetlejuice almost killed each oh, other? right? That was the great. That was the funniest thing because because Beetle called me a Jew. Yeah. And that's how it started, I believe. That's right. That's the right. Iron Sheik is defending <laughs> Bob for being slandered as a Jew. The Iron Sheik is coming to you, and and I'm and Beetle is insane. Beetle thinks you you ever own a little dog and they have an attitude like they yeah. think they're a Rottweiler or a Great Dane. That's, that's Beetle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's the last to know he's a little person. He's the yeah. last to know he's mentally challenged. He and and he's him and Sheik are are jawing at each other. And he and doesn't even know at, that to this point that he's black. So Gil yeah, from that's there. True. Now. He thinks he's Italian every yeah. time you ask him. And Sheik throws a bottle of beer at him and and words are being exchanged. And I have both my hands on each on each shoulder of the sheik. I am I am dug in as hard as I can. This guy's on one foot and he's in his seventies. And a cane. And a cane. And and he's moving me all around this fucking room. Wherever he wanted to take me, he could take. And that's what I realized. He's working. Because if he wanted to fucking get at Beetle, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a fly. Oh, yeah. He's a windshield oh, wiper. Yeah. yeah, like forget yeah. it. But he would bring his book with him, his his uh, uh, photograph book, and yeah. 
I would sit with him after shows in his room, smoking weed, and he would show me these pictures from Iran and he would tell me his life story. And like, I love that dude, man. I love that dude. Well, Uh, I think it's fair to say, holy shit, like, I think it's fair to say there's a little sampling of the BS show. You know, Bob, you said something to me, man, that I really want to share because it, it's what this show is going to be about. And um, I, I really love that you said this. And that's who you two guys are. You know, bro, listen, there are a lot of guys on who were a part of the Stern show who have their own shows now. There, there's a few guys. And guys, man, I just got to tell you, I, I've listened to them because I want to support everybody that used to be on the show. I want to support. I want to support you, but bro, some of those shows, like the people, have become obsessed with. Like, bro, they just bury Howard. I mean, every show is an absolute burial of Howard to the point where I'm like, all right, guys, like this is enough. And Bob, I remember when you said to me, we were talking about starting the show. You said to me, bro, bro, you got to do your own thing. Like you, you guys did the Stern show. The Stern show is over. Now you're going to be Bob Levy. You're going to be Shuley. Now you guys are going to do your own thing, which is, I did the same exact thing, bro. I, I don't do a weekly show burying Vince McMahon. All right. I buried him a little bit here on the show, bro. Call him a control. Yeah, but you're doing a show about the product and, right, exactly. and that's, and you have knowledge exactly. in that field. Right. You didn't just show up yesterday talking about right. fucking wrestling. You right. Know? And yeah. the difference between us and them, meaning the three of us and the rest of them, is that's all they got. That's mm-hmm. the only thing. They and don't have the ability to think of another angle or another show or so. And they don't have the talent to do something else. So what am I going to do? Oh, I'll just bash this guy. But listen, I'm a big universe guy. I'm a big believer in what you throw out comes uh, back. Bro, oh, bro. Karma. Karma. Yeah. They and, know I'm the karma king, bro. They know it. Yeah. And listen, you you surround yourself with people who like that type of content. Your life will turn into that. They will eventually come after you. Yeah. It's it's once that toothpaste is out, you ain't getting it back in. So for me, I'll answer questions about my time there. Yeah. It's the reason I left the way I did. So I would be able to speak honestly about my 15 years uh, not only with the show, but my comedy career then, my the, the gigs I got to do, the people I got to meet. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to tell stories. That's what I am. I'm a storyteller. Yep. So when they come at me with shit, sign this, sign that, they say, here, keep your fucking money. I left thousands of dollars on the table. I worked there 15 years. I had a nice severance package. But for me... The most important thing was, A, you got to trust me to know I'm not leaving here to go bury you. I have talent. I have skill. I have ability. I'm looking to do something else. You should be proud of me because all this that I've learned, I've learned under your umbrella. And and so for me, it was about, okay, so now you're not going to let me do this, this, or this. Well, then I'll just leave it all. And that way you have no control over what I can do, say, feel, and and that's the way I left. And so when this opportunity came, it was a no brainer. It's what yeah. it's what believe me, there's so many people out there doing podcasts right now that would love to be in a place where they don't have to worry about pissing off, you know, man great or whatever fucking <laughs> advertisers. You know? yeah. yeah. Well, you know what it is with you guys? Here's what I love about you guys, because you did the same thing that I did. I made the conscious decision when I when I walked away from wrestling, I'm like, bro. 
I ain't putting my eggs in the wrestling basket. I'm putting my eggs in the Vince Russo basket, mm-hmm. just like with you guys, because you guys are uh, you guys are legends, man. And I I can't wait to uh, listen to this show, the BS show on a weekly basis. Now, Shuli is is Bob is the hat acceptable to wear on the BS show oh, after week after week? Does it have your seal of approval? Oh yeah, we we have a rule uh, between us, and that is, you know, always give a thumbs up to whatever the person's wearing. Wait yeah. till we get on the air, and then tear them the fuck apart. <laughs> Anytime uh, somebody talks, you always hear, "Save that for the air." <laughs> save that for the air. That's yeah. what we say. That's the shirt we have to sell. Save yeah. that for the air. Because I, listen, that's all we say. <laughs> I am so excited about this because Bob is in a place right now where, you know, he's he's got a lot of thoughts, a lot of opinions. They come out from every angle and every yeah. side. It's got to be awesome, fine-tuned and prepped and ready, and that's my job. I, I will maestro this and get mm-hmm. these thoughts out of He's the dumbest genius I've ever met. I've said <laughs> it time and time again. True. I don't know that he understands that compliment, but that's no, I how totally do. You do, I, okay. I, All right, but I, and I want to say that uh, this right here, this uh, in my heart of hearts. I can't wait for it all to go down in flames, and we're all going to talk yeah. shit about each other, and it's yeah. going to be great. It's going to be, be great. The wheels gonna are going to fall off. We're oh. going to end up uh, branching off and doing a show on Cornette's network and then yes. going after Russo, yeah. and we're going to come back to Russo. Love all around. Yeah, Love yeah. We're going to do the whole NWO angle, back and forth, different <laughs> yeah. podcast yeah. channels. And I've said this about this show, and, guys, it's the BS show. We will give you a concrete day. We're, we're still – fine-tuning a brand-new website. That's why I don't want to give you the concrete day yet. Mm -hmm. But also, let me just throw out there, uh, for those of you who are members of Cancel Culture, you have a problem with anything said on this show, then you need to call the proprietor and the owner and the CEO and the president of the Realm Network. Mm -hmm. Who's that? Which would be me. Wow. So we, 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 we will have a nice talk when you are offended by so I can't wait. But, Bob, I swear to God, Bob, Shuli, this is an honor for me. I can't wait. Guys, the BS show. Guys, right now, go to our Twitter, at Realm Network. Uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to send you to our YouTube channel. You can start seeing clips of what's to come on the Realm Network. Guys, this is going to be freaking awesome, man. Can't hey, wait. This is it. Uh, yeah, dude, we're we're very excited to yeah. to work with you and for you, and we're uh, we're gonna give it all we got. You, you, we know how much uh, you you believe in us and back us, yeah. and we appreciate yeah. it. And you know, I've always said from day one, all they got to do is fuck up and give us a chance. We'll do the rest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they got, well, they're gonna do it on the BS show, guys. Go to at Realm Network on Twitter right now to get more on when the show's coming. Reverend Bob, surely, God bless, man. I look forward to working with you real soon. Bob, you got to get back up on that scaffolding. Go ahead, uh, buddy. I'll see yeah, you later. Before, before I start painting, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to uh, – yeah, I, I'm so excited. I mean, this is going to be a, a place where we can expand, uh, you know, not even our comedy but our thoughts. And yeah, I think we're really yeah. going to shock people. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, we will see you soon on the BS Show. <laughs>